several times where I was kind of awake and I was in the middle of a, you know, sleep awake state. And I'm not going to be able to put words to this at all, but I was seeing um, multidimensionally in the spirit in my room. I don't even know what that means. Just in case you're saying, what are you saying, Brent? I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just telling you some different things are happening. And it's not even because I was, you know, fasting for 10 days and praying for 10 hours for that to happen. It's just God showing up. Um, Because if you think about it, remember, everything's by grace. Everything that we get is by grace. And we often forget that and we'll go back to, okay, what do I got to do? I understand there are ways that we partner with the Lord and he is changing us and we have to agree with him um, in order to mature in the Lord. I get all those things. But I'm also telling you, everything you receive, any revelation you get, it's by grace. It's God's choice to pour himself out, to show more of himself. It's one of the reasons why we linger so much in worship, because in, in especially in America, but other parts of the world as well, we put a great emphasis on the brain. And, and uh, if I just tell you the right things, you're going to get it and you're going to go live it. And what we've really discovered is, it's, there's something much deeper going on where God's spirit speaking to our spirit. And a lot of those things you aren't getting from your brain. So I'm not saying that brain's bad. Brain's good. I mean, you know, God made us this way. But, um, but he's, he's taken us deeper. And when he chooses like he is, he says, I'm going to show you more. That's why where we get the ahas. And, or like I was just experiencing in the middle of the night, this multidimensional seeing something in the, in the, kingdom spirit that I can't even explain. How did that happen? It's just God's choice. It's time for my kids to know more of who I am. Father's showing up. But here's, here's a, a sad, true commentary. There is, there's a horrifically unjust trial going on. I'm just going to read this one line because I wrote it earlier today. I want to say it this way. The best the kindest, the most merciful and tender one that has ever existed is on trial for being a liar, for causing bad things to happen, for bringing destruction. Our father, our our papa, who is good all the time. He's on trial. I know that sounds weird. You're like, how can God be on trial? You know, it started, it started with a um, long, long time ago. This isn't anything new, right? Adam and Eve in the garden, Genesis chapter 3. Um, here's, the, here's the snake, you know, the enemy coming as a snake. God, God says to his children, I don't want you to eat from this, this tree. And so the enemy comes and says, um, says, says to uh, Eve, says, um, now, did God tell you you can't eat from any tree in the garden? Meanie, he's a bully. He doesn't like you. See, this is how it starts coming in really subtly. He's not for you. He doesn't look, look at He's trying to take everything away from you. Now, luckily, she gets it. She gets it pretty close to right. She says, well, no, he did say we're not supposed to eat from that tree in the middle of the garden and or we'll die. You're not going to die. God just doesn't want you to be like him. See, God's insecure. You, do you see where this is going? And, and so then, um, then he says, you know what? If you eat this, you're going to be like God. 
which is the ultimate light because we are like God. He, God already made them in his image. It's not just there in the garden, though. When you, when you fast forward to, to uh, Jesus, the temptations, I'm going to go there for a minute. This, this is pretty interesting. Luke chapter 4. I just want to stop for a minute. Holy Spirit, I, I can't, you know, words aren't going to do it. It's, <laughs> it's by your spirit, not by might, not by power, by your spirit. And so I'm asking, Holy Spirit, would you touch every single heart in this place, mine included? Touch our hearts. Take us deeper. Give us more revelation. Let us see just who you really are. Luke 4. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus left the Jordan. He was led by the Spirit into the desert. For 40 days, he was put to the test by the devil. It says for 40 days. There's another part where it says at the end, these are the tests, which means it wasn't like he was waiting until the 40th day. He was, he was getting at him every way he could think. Um, and as you'll see, just like as often happens, trying to twist the truth just a little bit. During that time, Jesus ate nothing, and and at the end, he was hungry. There's an understatement. Then the devil says to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to turn into a loaf, into bread. But Jesus replied, Scripture says, human beings do not live on bread alone. All right, so what's, what's the trial here? The enemy's saying, wow, where's your dad? Doesn't look like he took care of you. Better take care of yourself. You could do it. You're Jesus. Go ahead and take care of yourself. He's clearly not, doesn't know what your needs are or doesn't concern him or something. And Jesus is saying, no. No, I'm not, I'm not going to go for that one because my daddy is my bread. He takes care of every one of my needs. But when I, when I look at him, when he looks at me, I am filled. So Jesus is reminding himself of the truth. And the enemy goes on to say, leading him to a height, the devil showed him a a moment of time of all the kingdoms of the world and said to him, I will give you all this power and their splendor for it has been handed over to me for me to give it to anyone I choose. Before I go on, is is that true? Was it given over to him? I want to say yes and no. Yes, because Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, so... So the authority that was given to them, they, they, the enemy came and usurped that authority. And Jesus, of course, in the grave said, I'm going to take that back. Thank you very much. But I also want to say this. At no time did it leave the Father's grip. Both things are true. I'm telling you, he had a firm grip on the wheel. It's not like he was wondering, shoot, I hope this works out. Hope, hope my kids get their authority back. So just that was just a quick aside. And, the, and then the enemy says, I want you to uh, bow down, worship me, do homage then to me, and, and all this is going to be yours. So he's showing him past, present, future, everything. He said, this is yours. Just bow down to me. And Jesus answered him, Scripture says that you must do homage to the Lord your God, and him alone you serve. So what's the, what's the trial? The trial is, Father doesn't know best. Oh, you know, oh, he thinks he does. But let me tell you, you don't want to go down that road. Because there's a lot of suffering down that way. There's a cross waiting for you. I got a different way. Why don't you come an easy way? We'll go easy way. 
You don't think that isn't a temptation that the, that the Lord, the trials, the things that you're going through, and it seems like, God, why is this so hard? And, and we talked a week or two ago, I talked to you about, about um, James, considered all joy. Remember I had you say, wahoo, you guys were here? Woohoo! And I said, considered all joy when you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because it's producing in you this perseverance, and God is producing this beautiful thing in you. I promise you, every single person in this room, he is doing something astoundingly beautiful in your life, even the times that don't feel like it. That's exactly what's going on. Do you know that when you're worshiping tonight and you, you know, if you had one of those moments where you're just, wow, God's here, I could see angels in the room, wow, you know, amazing, Jesus, you're holy. Do you know that that, that, is, that is spiritual, Right? That is not more spiritual than the conflicts that you're going through. Did you know that? Though they sure don't feel spiritual. But when God says, I'm going to use all things for your good, he means all things. So when you're going through something really tough, instead of, Lord, why me and when will this end? And, you know, where, which we all can do. Instead, ask him, Lord, what are you doing through this? What are you doing in this? Because some, you promised something good is coming out of this. For some of you, I'm telling you, even in the last couple of days, you've been through something that, something you wish you didn't have to go through, some, some, something, relationally, whatever. For some of you, you've been dealing with things for years and years. God, when am I going to see this breakthrough? I'm, I am telling you, God is in the midst of something beautiful in your life that the very tough things you're going through, they are just as spiritual as when you are lost in worship here or at home. See, I wish we could, I wish we could see when he says he wants to be part of every part of our life, he means that. I, I promise you, when he was here, when you were worshiping him just moments ago, he was, I promise you, he was smiling, 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 laughing over you, dancing over you, singing songs over you. But you know that he's going to be doing that tomorrow as well, wherever you are, whatever you're doing in the next day. And even, even again, those times when the difficult things, he, he's laughing, he's smiling, he's not laughing at you, I promise, but he's smiling. And he's saying, oh, you don't see it yet, but watch. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this, because it's coming. So that was just the second one. I was going to say all that later, but it just fit right there. And then the third one, he leads him to Jerusalem, sets him on the uh, Temple Mount. He says, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For Scripture says that he's given his angels orders about you to guard you. And again, they will carry you in their arms in case you trip over a stone. But Jesus said to him, Scripture says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. So what's that trial about? The enemy's, the enemy's is saying to Jesus, he's saying to us, God's not really going to protect you. But prove it. Prove it. Because I don't think he's going to do it. Let's see. And Jesus, in essence, is saying to him, 
I don't need to prove it to you because my daddy loves me. He's always loved me. He always protects me. I have nothing to prove to you. See, every time we go back to the truth of the goodness of God in the midst of whatever the lies are, and you know, sometimes I believe the lies are from the enemy, and sometimes it's just our own stinking thinking. There's, I, don't, I don't know that we can always sort all that out. But it really, in, this, in one way, it really doesn't matter. Because honestly, the enemy has no authority over you unless you give it to him. What do I mean by that? He tried to steal some authority from Jesus by feeding him some sideways lies, you know, that were close to the truth, but not, not the truth at all. So if Jesus bought into those, well, now, now he's giving authority over to the enemy. But, he's, but he keeps going back to, um, no, that's not right. That's, yeah, it's tempting. If, you, if, it, if it says he was tempted, that means he was tempted, right? This was real. This was not like Jesus going, ah, get out of here. That's a lie. That's a lie. That's not what it means. He was tempted for 40 days. In every way we are tempted, he was tempted, the Bible says. That means it was real. That means he had to know what his papa thought. He had to. And, and I, well, some of the scriptures I love the most is when it says, you know, Jesus, while it was still dark, he's, he's out with his papa. Before the craziness of the day, what was he doing? I, I think a lot of what he was doing was soaking, what we call soaking. I don't know if that was a term back then. I'm sure he talked plenty to his pop. I'm sure he did. But I bet you there was just a bunch of times where he was going, Daddy, you love me. I'm your boy. No matter what happens today, I know how good you are. See, he was getting his compass straight before he even started anything. Do you know that man, he went through more stuff than you and I will really ever know. I mean, really. More people hating his guts for doing nothing but good. What? That's a tough life. That's hard. He went through hard stuff, even before the cross, even before the whipping. I'm saying even before all that, just living life. Very misunderstood, extremely. People were hugely offended at him. You know, we walk around thinking, oh, they looked at me wrong, you know. They don't like me. Oh, my goodness. With Jesus, it was venom from a lot of people. He was loved and he was hated. But he knew who he was. That's my point here, is he knew who he was. This is who my daddy says I am. This is who I am. So so whenever the lies come, he says, nope, 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 nope. My, My God is good. My God is good. My God is good. So I want to tell you, I want to make this, that's great for Jesus, right? What about for you? Oh, you've heard me say this before, but please, the power of the Holy Spirit to receive this. You are loved. You are wanted. You are chosen. You are cherished. You are treasured. You are not God's project. He's not ticked off at you. He adores you. He adores you. He adores you. He loves to do good for you. Tell me, anybody in the room getting tired of this yet? Anyone just say, stop, Brent. This is too much. I don't like hearing these things. 
We need this. We need it. We need it. We need it. It's true. It's true. It's true. And we keep forgetting. And then the enemy sends in these little things. See, if he really loved you, God was really good. And God is saying to you, I haven't finished yet. There's more to this story. And when it says he flips all things around for good, it means all things. Fill in the blank with the all, with whatever you're going through. All things. All things. All things. All things. So here's the thing. (laughs) God is good. God is good. He's so good. So something's got to shift in us, something in the environment. I'm telling you, the more miserable you are, the more disappointed you are, the more frustrated you are, the more you need this shift. You need this God is good shift. You need it. You need it. You need it. Some of you, there's even, there's like a cloud around you, like, like, you know, because of the uh, oppression, because of the, what, the lies, the whatever, the discouragement, the disappointment. We've all been, everybody in this room has been disappointed. And it starts to become this cloud where you cannot see anymore. I, I think God's good. I, I think he is. I don't know. I hope he is. God, are you good? And I'm telling you, we're, there's going to be a shift here in just a few minutes. And there's already a shift going on because God is in the house. <laughs> Because he's reminding you again of the truth. The enemy's a bully. God is good. If you don't know that the Satan is real, that it really that he really wants to kill you, that he's really not a nice guy, then you attribute everything to God. Big mistake. And if you don't realize that sin has consequences, meaning if you choose to do something that you know is going to destroy yourself and people around you, um, and you do it because you want to anyway, when you um, experience the consequences of those things, let me make one thing really, really clear, super clear. God is not punishing you. That is a huge lie. He is not punishing you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And sometimes we have to walk out the consequences of really bad choices. And even in the midst of that, he says, watch what I do with this. That's astounding. Because we think, well, I blew it. I got to wallow in it. I'm going to have to suffer with this. I've talked to so many people through the years. Maybe they've been divorced 10 years and they're still thinking they have to pay the price. Inwardly, they're saying, I still have to pay for this. I made big mistakes. Well, yeah, but God doesn't remember them unless you aren't agreeing with what the scripture says the grace covenant is all about. So who's remembering them? You are? I forgive myself. If you've never done this, if, you're, if there's something you're holding on to from your past, and for some of you it's years, years and years past, I'm giving you permission. You can put that puppy on the cross tonight for good. And a big way of doing that, because he's already forgiven you. Christ has forgiven you. He's forgiven you. He's forgiven you. So 
So a big way of, of agreeing with him is forgiving yourself. I just led someone through this a couple days ago. Same thing, you know, uh, uh, he, he had been through a divorce years before and kind of the spiritual community around him was um, not real kind. Um, but he had bought into some of the lies and we're talking five, six years ago. And so as I was talking to him and he and and telling him you're forgiven, I was telling him the story of Peter. You know, I won't go into the whole story right now, but Jesus forgiving him and saying, Peter, you just forgot who you were. Tell me you love me three times because you need to hear it, Peter. I know you love me. You need to hear it because we need to get on with feeding some sheep and taking care of some lambs. Let's go, Peter. So I'm telling this person this story and he's just sobbing and sobbing. Why? Because hope was restored. See, if you don't have hope, if you think it's over because you've done something so wrong, that's, that's the definition of hopelessness right there. Where, where are you going to go from there? But I have some great news for you. I'm, the gospel says, the good news says, there's a papa who knows all of his kids blow it and who knows that we need him and who knows that we need fresh starts. He says, I got it for you. Done. You're my choice. So what's the antidote? What's the antidote to uh, disappointment, to those, those times we go through? I want to I propose that, that one of them is pretty clearly spelled out in Psalm 27. Uh, verse 14. And this is what it says. It says, in fact, I'm, I'm going to back up to uh, verse 12. It says, Lord, don't abandon me to the will of my foes, my enemies. False witnesses have risen against me. They're breathing out violence. This is David's version of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a world of hurt. Bad things are happening. People hate me. This isn't, God, this is not fun. Please don't you, don't you abandon me. And, um, and then this is his answer. He says, you know, verse 13, you know what? I would have fainted. I would have lost heart unless I believed this, that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Yep, I would have been sunk. I would have been hopeless. I would have been lost in and all the stuff, the circumstances of life that seem like they're not working out for me, except, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's this. I'm remembering something. God's good. And I'm going to see his goodness, not someday, that's true too, in heaven, but right here on the earth, in the land of the living. This is the antidote to, to disappointment. It's going back, wait a minute. God is good. He's good. He's really good. And he's for you. But there's something that has to click in you. And I'm telling you, even that is supernatural. That's why I just told you we're going to be flipping the atmosphere. I mean, God is, not me. I can't do it. Not by my might, not by my power, by your spirit, says the Lord. But I want to tell you, it, it helps a lot that you're a willing participant. In other words... In other words, some people, have you ever noticed some people, you're trying to encourage them and give them hope, and it's like it's almost like they're just like, no, I don't want it. I want to, I'm miserable. I like being miserable. It's what I know. Let me be miserable. And you're like, bummer. 
bummer, bummer, because God's really good. But So it helps a lot, a bunch, a bunch for you to want this, for you to say, God, you're good, and I want the atmosphere changed, and I want this, any clouds around me that make me feel like it's hopeless. I want those gone. And that's what we're going to do right now. Right now. Like, right now. Come on up, Stevie. We're going to sing a song. <laughs> Not that song. We're going to sing a song. And and this is, it's, it's uh, the song is uh, so good to me. Now, <laughs> right at this very moment, I just realized we didn't get the words for this. So I don't know if it's in the computer. Oh, it's gone. You know what the good news is? It's very easy. And the chorus is so good to me, so good to me. Uh, like we sing that a bunch. So this is, this is what I want to ask you to do as we, as we play this song. I'm going to pray too. I'm going to pray before, probably during, and maybe after. Because this, this isn't like a... a um, what do I want to say? Um, this is a God thing. And I want to encourage you, especially when we get to the chorus, especially if you don't know the song, don't worry about it. Just listen to the words. They're really good. And when we get to the chorus, so good to me, so good to me. I want you to sing it like you mean it. This gets back to that prophesying to yourself thing. You've heard me say this often. I love it when we get prophecies from other people. You know, like Karina did tonight with the worship team. Hey, I'm seeing this on you. God, God's doing this. I love those things. But you're not always going to have people like that around, uh, especially when you're in your tough moments during the week and you're like, God, what, what is going on? And let me tell you something. You get to prophesy to yourself. And what that means is you're agreeing with truth before you're really feeling it. That'd be the way I could say it. You're agreeing with truth that your spirit knows to be true, even though the rest of you may be quite there yet. I'm, I cannot tell you how important that is. Because what that's doing is it's starting to say no to the lies of the enemy, no to the stinking thinking in your own head, and saying, I choose to agree with something else. That's what Jesus did when he was tempted. He says, um, that's not right. This is what I believe. And he says it out. So I'm going to put this down because um, we're going to sing together. like ready at all because I don't have a guitar strap. <laughs> Do you know that God's not bothered by um, silence, awkward silence? I don't think there is such a thing in heaven. But I missed. <laughs> yeah, we're good. 
Oh, Todd. Toddy, Toddy, Toddy. There's a reason we all love Todd. So I'll tell you what, um, you know, some of you are going to know this. Is it, do we have this going yet? Do I need to turn on a microphone? Okay. Awesome. So before we start here, I'm, I just want to ask God right now, because earlier when you don't know this, cause you weren't with me today, everyone here, but I, in earlier praying with the Lord, I was so amped. I can't even tell you. And it, I was jumping up and down and where I was in my study, I was like, and I sensed the Lord's pleasure and, and permission to ask for angels to escort me tonight, just to, just to change the atmosphere for you. Because I'm declaring over you again that God's going to do it. You cannot do this on your own, but you have to agree. Agree by, by saying yes to his, the truth of who he is, that he's good. He is good. He is good. In the midst, in fact, as we're singing this song, I would really encourage you even to be say, speaking the word not only over your whole self, but over your situations, whatever it is. God, you are good. You are good. You are good. So now, if you happen to want to get up and get really excited, I would be way okay with that. All right? That's where 